Welcome to the Unusual and Human Experience podcast, where we explore a mystery that has many faces and interacts with humanity all over the globe. Here, we talk about the unusual, ancient, and contemporary. If you are curious about near-death and out-of-body experiences, encounters with UFOs, events of the paranormal, or even strange esoteric experiences, the Unusual and Human Experience podcast is for you. Host Kevin Keyless, a psychotherapist by trade, provides insightful conversations, sometimes with guest speakers familiar with the topic at hand. This podcast is educational and inspirational, its contents representing only the opinion of the host and, when applicable, his guest. Kevin is the author of three books, Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom, Last Breath Awareness, and Spiritual Care to Elderly and Dying Loved Ones and the founder of Conversing with Death, an existential training on last breath awareness. For more about his services, go to bodymindmetaphor.com. And now your host, Kevin Keyless. Welcome to the Unusual in Human Experience podcast. My name is Kevin, and today we're going to look at UFOs as a spiritual practice. Before we begin, I want to look at three things in passing, and these are all true or false. Number one, reading the written works of mystics can help our spiritual journey as it relates to UFOs. One thing I like about the works of mystics is that they really allow for room for the subjective. It's a very internal experience that is honored and respected. Number two, and this is for you beginners as well. There is only one form of meditation you should follow, true or false. Now this might sound simple. But I want you to understand that there are many people out there who write as if their form of meditation is the only way or the way it should be done. And number three, which saint from the Catholic Church and also mystic was known to levitate? Talk about overcoming gravity. She's written a number of books, one including The Interior Castle, which I recommend to all. And now for our episode, today we're going to look at UFO and spirituality sort of intertwined as opposed to two different components. And this might sound strange to you, but at the same time, I think if we look at some of the material that is out there about UFOs, there seems to be a sort of interlocking with spirituality or sometimes even religion. Now, one of the things that comes to my mind are some of the arts that were made way back in the 1200s, 1300s, where there are these sort of uh, religious depictions, whether it's the Mother Mary or Jesus. And in that very portrait, there are uh, there's a resemblance and, and, and a, a reference to UFOs in the air. And so I find that stuff fascinating, and I would encourage you to do some studies to see how intertwined these two subjects have been over time. But today we're going to break it down in three parts. Number one, I'm going to do first a preparation, how to prepare to exercise your spiritual practice within the context of UFO. Two, we'll look at meditation and prayer. 
I think there's some things that we can do here that may sound a little strange to you at first, but it's fabulous practice. And then third, we're going to look at how to embrace the results. And this is important because many of us have expectations, especially in relationship to UFOs, and we may not get them. But I want you to sort of hear what I have to say at the end. So the first part involves preparation, and this is important because in many spiritual traditions and religious traditions, there is a sense of getting ready for. Um, and this can go as as literal as the physical body, whether it's bathing or showering, and it can also go into attitude and mind, which involves humility. Now, when it comes to UFOs, I think it is important to walk with a humble heart. We don't know everything about what we're dealing with, with the life beyond. We don't understand everything, and not everything has been revealed to us. There's a lot of mystery, and so it's important for us to go into the practice of spirituality with a sense of saying, I don't know much, and so I'm here to learn. This is important, especially because as the UFO topic becomes more and more popular, things become categorized, and the next thing you know is you're already approaching the mystery with a script. And that, I think, can really take away from the experience. Another thing that you want to do when you're preparing is you want to expect change. Now, this is true of a lot of spiritual traditions. When we approach other, and other being either advanced or other being greater, there is a sense that we will eventually, if not sometimes immediately, not be the same. Things happen whenever we interact with another dimension. This is true, I've said this before, that whenever we on this side of life approach another dimension, we're going to have to not only use different ways of understanding it, but we should also anticipate that something will happen. Now, that's not to say that everything that happens is positive. When I have talked with experiencers and when I have read material about experiencers, Not everything is fine and dandy, and this is true even when you talk to mystics who have spiritual encounters with the divine. It sometimes is very scary. Sometimes it could be anxiety-producing. It could change the level of your energy. Different things can happen, so it's important for us to almost normalize the supposed negative or the doubt. Now, I have studied religion and spirituality of various forms for a long time. And one thing that I do notice is that in our culture, there is the need to make spirituality easy to access and something that will result always, if not often, in a positive way. The idea of spirituality and a struggle seems to be something of great distaste to our culture. And yet when it comes to mystics and spirituality, they're very open to the idea of the unknown and what the unknown can produce. And I think when it comes to UFOs, working with this experience, there are going to be a lot of things that can produce confusion, anxiety, and even struggle. More right after this message. Body Mind Metaphor offers a range of virtual monthly groups to professionals looking for support, guidance, and up-to-date education. 
If you're a professional counselor, healthcare discipline, social worker, or pastoral counselor, you can choose from an exceptional list. If you're an experiencer, there's more exciting news. Body Mind Metaphor runs a free online monthly support group, a place for the experiencer, where you can talk with others about the challenges you face and learn how to make your mysterious encounter work for you. Seats are limited to eight members, so act now. For more information, go to bodymindmetaphor.com. So before we move on to meditation and prayer, just keep in mind that whenever you're moving into a spiritual fear or a spiritual experience, it isn't always going to be an ecstatic moment. It isn't always going to be happiness at the end. There's going to be things that will move within your heart and mind. There are going to be shifts, shift in even a paradigm in the way that you think and feel. And so because of that, in and of itself, you're going to experience some unease. And I think this is true even when we're working with the subject or the material of UFO, whether you're an experiencer or you're a wannabe experiencer. These things can happen whenever we reach to another dimension. So just keep that in mind. Okay, so now let's move into meditation and prayer. I asked you a question in the very beginning. Is there one only one form um, of meditation? And of course the answer is no, but you would be surprised how many people will push their style of meditation or what they think is the correct way onto people. And they do this a lot in books and sometimes in speaking engagements. So just know that. I have a particular way of doing my own style of meditation. I learned of it through my own experimentation. I, of course, started with a basic outline. But after that, and after I went to India, I decided to really curtail my own style. Because at the end of the day, Meditation has to fit my own spiritual DNA, not somebody else's. And since there are so many ways of doing this thing, the important thing is to find your own. But two things that come to mind that I want to emphasize when you're seeking a way of meditation is this. Number one, you want a sense of stillness. It's so important to be still and to still the mind. Now, what that means can be confusing because people think that in meditation, it's all about clearing the mind and not thinking. However, that's not really an understanding of meditation. It's about simply observing what is happening within you, just watching your thoughts, watching the sensations and the feelings that come up. That's the type of stillness that you want to master not one in which you simply stop to think and stop to feel and stop to sense anything. That really isn't, I don't even think, an appropriate definition of meditation. The other thing that you want to hold as you meditate is that you want to change the when into the if. Now, when it comes to UFO experience, there are even methods by which people try to communicate with aliens or non-human intelligences. But I would beckon to say, and I'm somebody who has not experienced a UFO or a non-human intelligence, but I would beckon to say that I think it's important to watch our expectations or 
perhaps sometimes our demand. It's wonderful, perhaps, if we do encounter a UFO or an alien. I say perhaps because we don't know fully what is out there. And there are testimonies of people experiencing both positive and negative things whenever they encounter a UFO or a visitation of some type. But it's the same thing when you look at, say, the Bible, of which I'm most familiar with, so I refer to it often. But even when Moses was on the mountain and he experienced the burning of the bush, there is a sense of awe, a sense of almost fear and mystery that captures a person and in some cases paralyzes a person. So there is this sense of, again, going back to the preparation, humility, walking with a sense of humility as you approach an anticipated experience that could prove overwhelming. Now, returning to converting when into an if, that's another way of saying, let thy will be done. In other words, rather than demanding we have a certain experience, we allow what is to be. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom brings together two healing communities, the psychotherapist and the witchy at heart. Only you'll be lucky to find them anywhere in the same room. The therapist easily misunderstands and labels the mystic, who in turn worries she'll be labeled crazy. But what happens when the esoteric practitioner seeks mental and emotional support to balance her often strange but sacred practice? This concise text guides the therapist to correct his miscalculations by dismantling those dormant stereotypes. The professional paves the way to offer necessary wisdom and skills to manage trauma, clinical depression and anxiety, the very things that can threaten the esoteric practitioner. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom also supplies the potential client with direction on how to effectively use therapy to prevent emotional unsteadiness while exercising those slippery rituals. Bring Your Pen, Bring Your Broom, now on Amazon in hardcover and paperback. This is crucial because many of us who have not experienced a UFO or an encounter with an alien or extraterrestrial, there's a sense of wanting to engage in some sort of practice in order to see that result take place. But yet oftentimes, whether you're a mystic or in some religion or a spiritual tradition, there are lots of things you will not get. So it's important to allow for yourself not to rely so much on a technique in order to experience a particular result because you will be disappointed. Now, you can do something with that disappointment, which is also part of spiritual practice and a good one, but it's important not to set yourself up. Now, when it comes to prayer, this is something that I find very intriguing because how do you put prayer into the whole concept of UFO. We're not putting UFOs or non-human intelligence into a place of worship. However, people who have worked with, whether it's angels or some type of spirit, ancestral or some type of spirit that they may be familiar with, there is a sense of, number one, 
respect, and humility, as I talked about in the beginning. And then number two, people do channel their request towards this particular being. So the idea of praying not only just to God, as one might understand God, but to saints and to spirits is very common. Now, when it comes to prayer and praying to extraterrestrials, there is a sense in which you want to develop a language that's just between you and them. Now, here's where you can get very creative. And it sounds to me that symbolism is so key when it comes to connecting with or speaking with UFOs or extraterrestrial beings. So one thing that you might want to do is you might want to develop your own symbols. If you are an experiencer and you have received some symbols, I would encourage you to really evaluate how you can use those symbols in return to somehow communicate back to them. Now, sometimes you don't know what they were meant for or what they mean, But you can use your intuitive, and that might change over time, but begin to practice and experiment. A lot of this is experimentation. So going back to the thing of prayer, you can make some symbols that will somehow communicate what you're wanting to to the extraterrestrial or to the UFO. And you can simply take phrases or keywords or even sentences and create a symbol that will represent that statement. And you can begin to then, in your mind, focus on that symbol that you created as a channel and as a a message to whoever it is that you might be praying to. And this is where it gets fun, because the sky's the limit when it comes to, well, no pun intended, but... This is where you can really use your creativity to open up the unconscious. And I think the opening up of the unconscious is so crucial when working with UFO experiences. Now, I remember one time I developed my own alphabet. Um, You know how sometimes people will talk about how they're afraid to have their own diary book for fear of someone reading it? Well, you could develop your own alphabet to where nobody will understand what It is, because you were using your own alphabet to represent the letter that we're familiar with. But in this case, it's really a great opportunity to engage with the unconscious, develop a symbolic language that you feel might better communicate with the UFO encounter. And third... We want to embrace the experience or the results, whatever they are. Now, this is important because this is one thing that really traps people whenever they engage in meditation in and of itself. They prepare physically into a state of being still and quiet, but internally there's this agenda of I must achieve a certain result. And it dominates the experience, and it really disappoints a lot of people to the point that many people stop meditating. So it's important for you to allow yourself to just be with the experience no matter what happens. If you end up having that connection that you've been longing for, more power to you. But if not, there's a reason for that, and there it isn't anything that is negative but it still has a message that can teach you something 
Why do you get disappointed in yourself when you don't get what you want? What is that sort of unease that you get when you strive so hard or feel like you dedicate so much time only to come back empty? I think these things have lessons in and of themselves. And you must admit that some of the patterns that we either read about or some of you have experienced when it comes to UFOs is there is a bit of humor and mystery uh, involved. Why do they not show up when we want them to? Why is it that uh, they disappear very quickly? Why is it that they don't want others sometimes who are around us to see the same thing so that we can validate the experience? There are so many things that happen that leave us confused. So it's important to embrace whatever results you have. Now, this is true for all of us. It is not just for you. All of us need to somehow become content with the experience that is given to us instead of trying to find that experience that we'll never forget. And trust me, I've worked with people who have had rather ecstatic moments, very transformational moments, and years later, it has trickled down to simply a story. Now, I say that not to discourage the transformational experience, but to understand that I think we need to keep even transformational experiences in perspective. Now, another thing that I think is important is to take the small, which is sort of what we were just talking about, or the opposite thereof. Take the small or the subtle, whether it's a dream or whether it's a sign or whether it's just some sort of internal quiet move. Use those experiences, those quiet little experiences as part of the process. You know, Sometimes when people say to me that they really want to encounter God, I say to them, be careful what you're asking for. Be very careful because it can really jolt you. It's important to take little steps, especially when we're working with other dimensions, because sometimes even some mystics will tell you that they've had this jolting experience as they were seeking the divine, and it led them to depression, anxiety, and some were even traumatized. So it's important for you to know that you need to be patient. This isn't about spirituality, sort of like a drive-through type, where you just get it and go. Spirituality is a lifelong journey where you experiment after experiment after experiment, where you wait patiently, where you wait in the dark, where you sometimes experience joy, and a lot of times you experience very little. So it's important to understand that if you're going to use the UFO encounter as a spiritual practice or anything for spiritual practice— It is a lifelong journey. It isn't a six-weeker. It isn't after three steps. It isn't something that will come to you in one year. This is a lifelong journey. But what you can do is take whatever you receive and do something with it. Whether it's a lesson that you feel you can apply to your life, whether it's working with the transcendent, 
whether it's exploring your expectations or demands, whether it's experiencing the little that somehow can impact your relationship with significant others or in your career or just in your personal life. Take what little things you learn and use them to grow and develop and to reapply into the experience. I hope that this episode was helpful to you. I hope to have more of these to offer you. If you haven't subscribed to this channel, please do so and tell others about it. I also want you to look at the website when you have a chance. I offer a number of services, some groups. Um, I also offer free articles to mental health professionals who are seeking to find ways of incorporating the UFO experience to help clients who have had such experiences. And there are other things that are coming up that could be some webinars coming up in the near future. I want you to be informed. So take a moment when you can to go to bodymindmetaphor.com. And until next time, stay well. Body Mind Metaphor offers traditional psychotherapy to adults seeking to recover from trauma and to manage depression and anxiety. Now with a unique and necessary twist, it provides these same interventions to individuals who have experienced unusual phenomena, such as a near-death experience, an encounter with a UFO, some mystical or esoteric transformation that proved distressful, or a paranormal event. Many who meet up with a strange experience often remain silent, sometimes for years, for fear of being ridiculed or thought of as crazy. This isolation only inflames mental and emotional symptoms. It is therefore imperative that mental health professionals provide that safe space for clients to explore these experiences and integrate them into our lives. Body-Mind Metaphor delivers just that by using talk therapy, hypnotherapy, and other therapeutic modalities. Remember, you are not alone, and you don't have to be. For more information, visit us at BodyMindMetaphor.com. <laughs>